The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, joined by your host, myself, Alex Fishbein. We got Mike Bash, and as his name says, Dennis is not here. Dennis is the third of three hosts now. All of us have had COVID. Yeah, it seems like we uh, passed it through to the mic. <laughs> uh, none of us live in the same state yet somehow we all contracted it so get yeah, well exactly. soon dennis uh maybe you know throw down some water ices and uh you'll be good to go in no time hey at least he's got his Bengals that have been uh playing well for him true true another another playoff win in the books and now they face kansas city which should be interesting <laughs> i don't know how that's gonna go for him but hope for the best um so we were talking about this before we started recording but there really hasn't been much going on since the last episode that we recorded we're in the kind of i don't want to say the dog days of the season because it's still nice to just have nba basketball on in general but just not much going on trade deadlines not that close just yet so there hasn't been any major deals or anything like that uh but we can say the mvp race is heating up a little bit right now. A lot of MVP ladders races, whatever have Jokic Embiid, and Giannis as the clear cut top three for MVP. Do you agree with that top three? No. Who would you put not. in there? Uh, one man by the name of Kevin Durant. Okay. Clearly, he is the MVP, um, as evident with the Nets play without him in the lineup. Uh, I don't care if he misses a month. He's the best player in the league, the most valuable player in the league, and he deserves to take on the award. And is there a little bit of Nets bias in there? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> he's better than Embiid, he's better than Giannis, and he's better than Jokic. And you know I'm a big Jokic fan, but he's better than all three. I will say... You just said you don't care if he misses a month, whatever. The exact argument against Embiid for MVP last season was that he missed a month. Yeah, but that's because Embiid is always injured, so they're they're probably just building that into it. But now Durant's been missing, and that was the whole reason why he even dropped out of the MVP race. I mean, at least at least it's not like Steph Curry, where Steph Curry has been just hitting this big cold streak and has just like kind of nosedived right out of the top three of the MVP. Yeah, and I expect Embiid to do that too once he slows down. I mean, he's just having a hot streak right now. But he was doing this same exact thing all last season. Well, Ben, to be fair to Embiid, he's just lucky that Ben Simmons is, uh, isn't isn't playing, so he's eating up all the stats. I mean, you can always eat up scoring stats with Ben Simmons playing or not playing. <laughs> Even with Ben Simmons there, it's not like Ben Simmons is taking up a like 30 points a game so that he can't get 30 points a game as well. But 
Um, one thing we've been hearing this a lot is the battle between Jokic and Embiid, the two big men. Everyone saying Jokic is better than Embiid. Everyone saying he's more efficient. All the advanced statistics and everything people keep bringing up favor Jokic and everything. But a lot of the times the eye test favors Embiid. It's one of those things that it's like it's like Kobe versus the modern day superstar in LeBron and Steph and everything. The whole advanced analytics, advanced analytics compared to the eye test kind of thing. So let me share some stats. So right here, we have Embiid and Jokic for this season. Uh, in terms of games played, only a five-game difference. Jokic has played five more games than Embiid has. Uh, Jokic even averages only about 0.4 minutes per game played over Embiid. But... Efficiency department. Jokic makes a better percentage of his shots. He makes 50% from the field compared to Embiid's 49.8. You have Embiid actually making more threes than Jokic. He's shooting 39% compared to Jokic's 36.3, which used to be a big argument in Jokic's favor. Everyone used to say he shoots the three better. Embiid shoots better free throw wise, and he takes a hell of a lot more free throws. <laughs> Um, rebounds favor Jokic. He's 13 to 10, seven to four assist wise, 1.4, 1.0 steals. Embiid has more blocks, less turnovers, about the same amount of fouls, but Embiid scores 2.6 more points per game. Yeah, well, look at those per 100 possession stats now, right? Mm -hmm. Four more rebounds, five more assists. Half a steal more, almost a block less. But look at that defensive rating. Now that I understand defensive rating, how <laughs> is it that Nikola Jokic, Mr. Pudgy, Serbian, you know, European guy, is better than a 7 2 MB defensively? Oh, wait, that's right, because he's a better player. Oh, and if you look to the left, he's also the better offensive player. So. First Joel off, Joel Embiid can go bye bye because Joel Embiid's not winning MVP, and it's time for my king, Mr. Nikola Jokic, to go back to back. His offensive rating is definitely going to be higher because Jokic is a better passer, always has been. So, naturally, the offensive rating is going to be higher. But he's not that much better of a shooter because Embiid is shooting th almost 30. Sorry, 3% more from three than Jokic's. Yeah, but look at the field goal percentage. Right, because Jokic is getting more shots closer to the rim. Well, that, that's... And look at the effective field goal percentage. Yeah, and, well, I guess free throws goes to Embiid, but... Jokic is a better player. Jokic is ahead of Embiid in my eyes. I don't see the same. Um, I mean, as I said, I already know all the advanced analytics usually go towards Jokic. What is that? I don't know what TS added and FG added, but look at the difference in those. I don't know what those mean. Points added by overall shooting. The number of extra points added by true shot attempts made above league average. So it is way in favor of Nikola Jokic. And what, what is that? FG, if you will, added? What is that? 
The number of extra points added by oh. field goal attempts made above league average. Is Embiid missing a digit or something? Or uh... I, I don't know if that. I don't really understand that stat. Extra points added by field goal attempts made above league average. Basically, if you look at the stats, it looks like Embiid's getting a lot of his points in production at the line, where yeah. Nikola Jokic is actually beating defenders, not just beating air. Again, during well, my point. The other thing is, people have to foul Embiid to stop him. Mm. That's that's the only way to stop Embiid is to foul him. The, here, I will say this no, about you, both you say players. That, but you say that, but he's an 80% free throw shooter. Would you rather him shoot a two-point? Uh, uncontested jump shot or a free throw? You'd rather him shoot the uncontested jump shot or lightly contested jump shots? I don't agree with that point. But anyway, I'll let your sixer homerism uh, stand for today. I mean, that's what opposing centers do. They just foul him. Uh, they... Nick- Nicholas Claxton usually walks him up. When? <laughs> when, he, when they're on the court together. They did not lock him up at all. But anyway... Let me just add this. The The thing that I thought was interesting this year is that Jokic, what what he was getting um, like killed for against Embiid was the defense. Jokic has stepped up his defense this year. Embiid, what he was getting killed for against Jokic was his playmaking and passing ability. Embiid actually improved a hell of a lot passing out of the double team and passing in general. This is where it comes into effect that I think you have to take a look. When it comes to assist numbers and playmaking numbers, whose who's supporting cast would you rather have of the two teams? Well, fully healthy or right now? Right now. Right now, it's Philly. Who, who's healthy in Denver? I mean... Murray, I, Porter's out... Oh, you got you got Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, and Tobias Harris are a wash. Okay, Will Barton is better than anyone else you could say on the Sixers. Tyrese Maxey, I would still put Will Barton above Maxey. I would say if you're going like if you I put mean, all of them, Highland. if you put all of them into one list and you were listing them out without Embiid and Jokic, I would definitely put Gordon and. Tobias, and then I would have Barton, Maxi, and then I would probably have Monty Morris. What about Ferkman? What about Seth Curry? I'd have Seth, rather have Seth Curry over Monte Morris. Well, Monte Morris can actually like run an offense for you. He can actually bring the ball up. He can handle the ball. He can play point guard. He can handle point guard duties. Seth Curry is by no means a point guard, and Seth Curry's defense is garbage. Yeah, wasn't he in the 50-40-90 club or something? He was, yeah. But, but, like, that's all he's doing. He's not adding anything else. <laughs> There's literally nothing else going on there. Um, But I don't know. As, like, fully healthy, I would definitely take the Nuggets supporting Yeah, of cast. course, with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., yeah, it's a shame they traded my boy Bo Bowl away, but you know it is what it is. True. I mean, there was a whole fiasco with that failing the physical and everything, and then coming and now he's back like and then getting months. traded. Yeah, now for two months. Didn't they also trade someone else who got hurt? Peter Dozier. Yeah, Dozier. That's right. Um, 
I actually didn't even know the Celtics drafted him at first until this trade when they were like, oh, he's back to Boston. I was like, what do you mean back? <laughs> who, Dozier? Dozier, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I honestly don't even know who P.J. Dozier like, I know who he is, but if you told me to pick him out of a lineup or something, like if you lined five NBA players up next to each other and it was like, pick out P.J. Dozier, I couldn't tell you what P.J. Dozier looks like. <laughs> I mean, I knew what he looked like. I just didn't know if he was even – playing that well lately because i just like, i don't even know what college this guy went to i have no clue who pj Dozier is. like <laughs> i know the name i know who where he is and what position he kind of is but like not a clue anything about him right <laughs> um but yeah so they're i mean they're not really missing anything there but either way it comes down to the fact that it's pretty amazing that we're talking about three i would include Giannis as a big man it it's pretty crazy to me that we're coming down to three big men as the clear-cut mvps when we have always talked about and everyone in the nba and around the nba has always talked about that it's become a guard driven league because i mean it really still has but three bigs these three bigs have like revolutionized the center power forward position yeah, they're kind of like me in 2K in my, uh, you know, created big that I play with. It's uh, <laughs> People just see him on the court and they're like, ah, we're in trouble. No, these three guys, <laughs> I mean, they could all pass. They could all shoot. They could all dribble a little bit. Uh, Giannis obviously is a freak of nature. Jokic just beats you with just craftiness and ability, you know, unreal body control and ability. Mm. Um, and then Embiid, you know, he's – powerful down low he could bring you out with his shot the key with big men and the honest doesn't really fit this mold here with the other two is free throw shooting if big men like if 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 dwight howard was like a 75 percent free throw shooter dwight howard would have been like the greatest big man of all time oh yeah that's a little much but you i mean know what one I mean? of them yeah you know what i mean and not to say he isn't one of the top like 25 centers of all time what if the dude like the dude would get found and shoot fifty two percent or fifty four percent? If you shot seventy five percent, that's probably like three points a game more. Mm-hmm. Then he goes from a guy's averaging like nineteen and twelve to guys averaging twenty two and twelve. You look at him a, le- a whole different, you know. And if, and if your free throw percentage is seventy five percent, you probably have a mid range jump shot. It's a it's a complete game changer for bigs. That's why I say Cat is one of, is the best big man in the league from a talent standpoint, because he's the best shooting big man of all time. He just has playing in Minnesota, and you guys want to keep disrespecting him. You can't tell me, even if he was somewhere <laughs> else, that he would crack this top three right here. If he, Yeah, I think he would. Who would he replace in this top three? He's better than Embiid. He's not better than Embiid. He's Every time they Embiid. play each other, Embiid destroys him. We don't care about defense. <laughs> but even on the offensive end, Embiid scores more than him. I know, I know. No, but it, it, it's a true like game changer for bigs, and you see that with Embiid and Jokic. Um, it, I, I hate calling Giannis a big. He's yeah, because he's, he's very just, fluid in terms of where of what position he could be. Once he wasn't he like a point, considered a point guard like three years ago. Now he's like a you know, a center. Like, yeah, you're just a unicorn, okay? It was kind of the same thing when like Ben Simmons first started with Brett Brown. It was like we could make him a point guard because he can handle the ball and he can pass the ball, but like 
he's way too big to be a point guard. I think it was Jason Kidd, the one that tried to make Giannis a point guard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty insane. All three of these guys are, I mean, like world class players. It's it's just pretty crazy to see them all at this level at the same exact time. Um, but so let's move on to the all star game. We talked a little bit a little bit about it last week when we had Alec Walt on the show. Um, we talked about some of the voting returns there. There were some surprising things. Right now, the top vote getter is again LeBron James. He, it was Steph Curry the last time we checked, but now LeBron is taking the lead. Um, I'll bring up some of the voting returns now, but what I want to talk about is who should be getting their first All Star appearance. Who do you th- who do you think it should be? Uh, Darius Garland. I agree. Or Lamelo Ball. I mean, both are are very good options. Uh, Lamelo's averaging nineteen seven and seven. I mean, he's one of the most exciting players in the league that we have. Um, kind of regret trading him in fantasy basketball, but I did get Darius Garland through that trade in essentially. So, um, Darius Garland averaging twenty. Eight and three point three. Uh, it, it, it both exciting players, both great playmakers, uh, both two of the future like best guards in the league. Um, those are my two like young gun kind of guys that I would like to see. Um, another one, I would say Anthony Edwards is another guy in that in that group. Um, Can't think of anyone else right now. That has Jalen Brown made an All Star team? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. This is the voting returns that we have here. Can I zoom in? At all? Has John Morant made an All Star team? Probably not. Uh, no, Ja has not. So yeah, I would I, like to see those three: Ja, Bridges. Those are the guys I would go with. Yeah, I I'd voting, agree. Voting ended Saturday, so. Oh yeah, I for, I didn't realize it already was done. Um, Jared, look at my guy Jared Allen. I know. Jared I Allen. love. I love that he was actually getting some votes in there. <laughs> um, Lamarcus Aldridge even finishing in the top ten. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my biggest one I think would be Fred Van Vliet. I think that. Van Vliet has definitely earned the right to be in the all-star game, especially now without Lowry uh, for the first like month or month and a half of the season without Pascal Siakam. He's also the, um, the leading minutes played player in the entire league. And he's like the veteran of the team. Um, I think that Fred Van Vliet definitely deserves a shot in the All-Star game this season for his first one. Um, but I also agree with Darius Garland. I would rather see Van Vliet, Garland, and then Ball, but I know LaMelo Ball's voted higher than them, obviously popularity-wise. Um, and DeMar DeRozan's been having a good year, but I kind of would rather see Trey Young and Zach Levine as starters rather than DeMar DeRozan, but might just be me. Um, and then 
Going to the West, I also agree with John Morant. I think that's a no-brainer. He definitely should be. And then has has Donovan Mitchell made an all? He's made an All Star game, right? I feel like he did last year. Was it? Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't there no All Star game last year? It was either last year or the year before. There was no All Star. No, game. two years ago was the bubble, so there was an All Star game. Oh, I guess it was last year then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would love to see Anthony Edwards in there. He's one of the. I mean, he's one of the most exciting younger players in the league. The I way saw he got played. banged up last night, so I don't know if he. Yeah, I think he collided knees or something. That's that what it looked like. Hurts. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Um, Andrew Wiggins right now is is third in voting in the West front court. Is it Andrew Wiggins fantasy trade um, about to happen live on podcast? <laughs> I don't know about live. There's well, a lot I don't of know, one of the most voted players. You know, maybe he should uh maybe he should swap hands in fantasy and uh, head to a contender. I mean, if he's third in votes, I feel like that deserves a first-round pick. Well, I don't think – yeah, I mean, what I offered <laughs> you, they were first-round picks in their respective draft years. Well, for the for the people out there, let them know what you're offering for Andrew Wiggins. And our OB Toppin, you know, ain't no stopping, OB Toppin. Uh, Brandon Boston Jr., the former fifth overall recruit in the country. And uh, – Alex's second round pick, which uh, is only going to appreciate in value as he, if he loses Andrew Wiggins. So, it's not I mean, offer. it's we not. Him, we've made some deals before, so true. There's there's always room, but hey, we'll wait to the end of the show. Maybe break some news at the end of the show. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. see. He's mulling it over. He's got to you know ask <laughs> the girlfriend for advice and see what she says, and call Dennis and. Find out what he's thinking. So you never know. Call Dennis while he's uh, coughing and sneezing and eating more water ice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, no, it's 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 not not a bad offer. I, I it's definitely a better offer than some of the ones I've gotten for Wiggins. I'll definitely give you that. <laughs> but it's not saying much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we'll see. But as of right now, yeah, Wiggins in third in the West Front Court, which really makes no sense but um especially in front of guys like paul george anthony davis carl anthony towns <laughs> even rudy gobert and deandre ayton i would probably have them over at wiggins too but if wiggins does end up finishing third that means he's a starter and that means it would be his first all-star appearance too so maybe i guess we'll find out um so moving on here Let's get to some of the Lakers stuff. Since we're talking about All-Star and things like that. The Lakers have been offering Talon Horton Tucker. Obviously, it's it's kind of contradicting to me because a lot of reports have come out and said that the Lakers want to get younger. They also want to trade away Russell Westbrook because that whole experiment hasn't worked much to the non-surprise of everybody else other than the Lakers. Um, but they said they haven't really got any offers for Horton Tucker, or at least any offers that they have liked. To me, that's not surprising at all. Like, there was that one little report of, like, LeBron and Anthony Davis and all them, like, hyping Horton Tucker up. 
And I feel like that was the only reason they decided to keep him instead of Caruso because Caruso would have fit the roster and fit their needs a hell of a lot more than Horton Tucker. But here they are. Horton Tucker's not doing as well as they expected. He's not as consistent as they expected. And now they're not even getting many offers for him. What do you think they what do you think is a realistic return from him? And do you think they'll even trade him? I don't know. Tucker's a weird, like, like you mentioned with the whole everyone's hyping him up. Like Tucker, you, you look at him and I'm, I just want to look something up real quick. Um, I just want to look up what his wingspan is, and I'm going to tell you that in a second why I'm doing that. Seven one. Just got to see six four with a seven one wingspan. All right, which is crazy. It's crazy. But he's one of those guys, and we see this all the time. I remember Wade Baldwin. Do you remember who Wade Baldwin was? Yep, I remember the name. Um, I forgot who they compared him to. I want to say, like, Ru- Russ or <clears throat> Gilbert. or nah, It was somebody else. There was a guard, like, there's a guard in the NBA. I don't remember who it was. That's, like, mm-hmm. in that same 6'4", six, 6'5", six, with some, like, long-ass wingspan that's, like, 7'. I don't think it's Rondo. It's like a better player. Well, Rondo's a good player, but a better player in today's game than Rondo. Anyway, you. Wade Baldwin was like, you watch him play in college, you, and we he's from around here. So, like, we even knew in high school he's like a three-star recruit. Like, he's good, but he's not, like, super athletic. Like, what's so special about him? And he mm-hmm. goes, like, 20th in the draft to, to Memphis or something. Right. And I feel like Taylor Horton Tucker is that same – guy that scouts fall in love with now he didn't go that high in the draft but he's he's a, he's a guard a guard with a big wingspan that scouts think all right he's gonna be this defensive stud and if the offense comes around it you know it'll develop into an all-star and I'm not saying Horton Tucker can't be a good player or can't be an all-star caliber player but it's like you know, scouts it's like teams make this same mistake over and over and over again thinking they found their next diamond in the rough, and it just doesn't pan out. If you could turn Taylor Horton Tucker into a big-time, like, not big-time star, but like a, you know, a Tobias Harris-level player, mm-hmm. even if you have to attach draft pick to it, you got to do it because you're in playing for LeBron's last couple of years. Like, you're not building for the future. Right. But what team's taking that on? It has to be a team that's trying to get rid of a disgruntled star – that is on his way out, like a Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is not going to make sense there. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like, Harrison Barnes. Um, I could see that. I was going to say maybe a John Wall. True. John Wall would probably be the perfect spot for them, but then John Wall is really just like similar to Russell Westbrook in terms of like abilities, um, right. and and his health is a huge question mark. Yeah. Uh, Julius Randle. Um, <laughs> True. If you want to go down that road again, but like again, I don't think Taylor Horton Tucker's getting you Julius Randle. Right. I don't think he, maybe he gets you John Wall. Um, maybe if you could somehow throw him at like Oklahoma City for like Lou Dort. Yeah, but but then what's the point in getting rid of what's the point of getting rid of Tucker for that? Because at least Lou Dort gives you like toughness and defense which is like maybe kind of what they need 
maybe um uh, what are they really uh they just need they need fresher legs they need people who are gonna like do all the get all the hustle plays and stuff like that because like you know with lebron's teams they're always built where there's like three stars shooters and then the guys that just hustle their ass off so I was gonna say like Van Vliet, but Toronto's not gonna get rid of him. Not um, for Gordon Tucker. Like if you could get like a. Is there anyone in New Orleans? Josh Hart. <laughs> what the Lakers just gonna recycle their old players? <laughs> Josh Hart would be. I mean, he would fit pretty well. Like Jalen Brunson. Like, would that make sense? Brunson could be a good one. I don't know if Dallas would want to give Brunson up just for Horton Tucker, but it would be somebody like that. Or even if they could get like um from Orlando, Mobamba. <laughs> Any big that's in my in Orlando? True. Um or even uh Terrence Ross. Yeah. Terrence Ross is like the new Trevor Ariza. He just gets passed around like trade talks. Yeah, he's just been six, eight there for a while. <laughs> or even, I mean, Portland keeps talking about like tearing down some things. You could go to them, or even uh, the Pacers. Maybe Karis Lavert, maybe TJ Warren, Sabonis. I mean, I don't know what the I don't really know what the Pacers want. They've been talking about tearing down their team too. But I don't know if they would do that for Horton Tucker. Yeah, I can see the Pacers. Um, but would you get my Miles Turner in a deal? Maybe. But then you're going really big. Or, I mean, or like LaVert or TJ Warren. Or Brogdon. Or Brogdon. I just don't know. I feel like Brogdon, they're going to want a little bit more than for Lavert or Warren. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I'm just thinking, I'm, I don't know. It, 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 it's interesting. There's a lot of options. I mean, Detroit would take him. I don't know if Detroit has any more veterans to get rid of. Kelly Olenek. <laughs> Dude, I've been playing uh, NBA 2K, and I'm on the – I'm in the NBA Finals with the Detroit Pistons. Oh, God. In my rookie year. So, like, <laughs> it is brutal. And I just lost Isaiah Stewart – who was my main lot on the guard, and he's my main like alley oop guy. Uh huh. So I have Kelly Olynyk on pick and roll, and Kelly Olynyk and Boban Marjanovic are the two slowest pick and roll guys <laughs> in the world. So I get around the screen, and then I'm like, "All right, you're gonna roll, you're gonna roll," and then I just go, "You know what? I'm gonna dunk this." So <laughs> down 0-1 to the Blazers, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, no, I don't. I would not wish Kelly Olynyk on any playoff team. Hey, his pick and pops. They still work. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of teams I think that are just kind of interest, like strange in like their direction that they're headed. Because even, I mean, maybe you could even go for Houston for a guy like Eric Gordon. Because like Gordon's kind of just wasting away there, like he's not doing anything. <laughs> but. I don't, it, it depends what the Lakers are even looking for, as we've talked about. Like, I don't know. They they would have been better off with a guy like Caruso. 
and they kind of just shot themselves in the foot. But I did just see a thing that Anthony Davis is supposed to be back soon. So maybe things start changing around for them. Who knows? So uh, last topic of the night then. We're approaching halfway point of the season. I I don't think we're exactly at halfway just yet. But um, are there any surprises you have from this first half of the season so far? And do you have any predictions, bold predictions, any kind of bastardamus? Prediction is Kyrie Irving becomes a full-time player. Okay. I'm surprised that uh, the Hornets have uh, kind of gelled and come together and played as well as they have this year. I didn't think they'd be this good. Mm-hmm. Um, other surprises, I'm surprised. I mean, it, part of me surprised the Lakers have struggled as much as they did. And another, another part of me is like, well, look how old they are. Right. Um, but I'm going to say my prediction is that Kyrie Irving becomes a full-time player. KD, uh, you know, gets back into the lineup and the Nets take off and get real healthy before playoffs start and just hopefully that they, you know, no more cheap shots by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Doesn't take out one of our players. Maybe KD uses a size less foot and we, uh, or shoe, and we win the championship. But, uh, yeah, that's my prediction. It's uh, Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn at. Okay. Okay. I would say my biggest surprise from the first half is the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I definitely didn't see them being this good. Yeah. And John Morant's been pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, and my, I would say one of my other surprises is the Knicks crumbling this. I'd say the Knicks and the Celtics crumbling this much. I thought one of them would be in like the top eight, top seven. But the Knicks aren't even in the play-in right now, I don't believe. At least they weren't when I looked like yesterday or two days ago. And the Celtics were at the very bottom of the play-in at like the 9-10 seat. So I thought one of the two teams would be a little bit higher than that. I thought they would be in the top eight, um, at least one of them. But yeah, those two continually just crumble and crumble and crumble. I would like to say, though, I like their deal to get Cam Reddish. I thought that was a good deal for the Knicks. Uh, I don't know if we even talked about that last week, but that was a that was a pretty good deal for them. Um, And then predictions, I will have to say John Morant enters himself into the top three of the MVP race. And I will also say that a Ben Simmons deal does not happen before the trade deadline. It will go to the it will go to the offseason and he will eventually not be traded for a superstar. He will be traded for a slew of things with some like starters and things like that and they will use that package to then trade away Tobias and sign a superstar not named Lillard or Harden. Okay. All right. So you're going to be disappointed. I'm going to be disappointed no matter what. So (laughs) to be completely honest, I, I don't see myself coming out of this situation happy. 
So they're going to trade him to Sacramento for Marvin Bagley and uh, Harrison Barnes. Probably. I could see it being like Buddy Heald, Bagley, and Barnes and a first-round pick, and then they take they take Bagley and Barnes and trade them – or Bagley and Tobias trade them together, and then uh, who knows what the hell they're going to get. They'll probably get like C.J. Tucker. <laughs> Maybe. I could see them just getting like C.J. McCollum – and then trying to sign a couple superstars, throwing money at them, them saying no, and then that's that. And the Celtic or the Sixers window has officially closed. <laughs> the The window doesn't close until Embiid either retires or gets traded. Well, that might happen soon. It definitely could. If I mean, if it keeps going the way it is, I could definitely see him getting traded. Uh, well, I could see him demanding a trade. Um, but especially I've been reading a book called tanking to the top. Is that the is it written by Sam Hinkie or Presty? It's about Sam Hinkie and like the start of the process and the whole, the whole process of the Sixers and rereading some of the things that have happened to the Sixers and the stupid stuff that has gone on, such as Brian Colangelo's stupid ass burner. burner accounts. I, if I was in beat, I would have demanded a trade a whole lot, a long time ago. <laughs> like to be honest, the, there was even stuff in the background that I forgot even happened. Like, in this book, it details the whole thing of Markel Fultz just forgetting how to shoot a basketball. It just said, like, after he turned his ankle in summer league, he showed up at the gym and his trainer was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, only the Sixers, only the Sixers. <laughs> but if anyone wants to read it, I definitely... Uh, recommend it. I think I, I'm gonna butcher his name, but it is written by Yaron Weitzman. Yaron Weitzman. How's it pronounced? Or how's it spelled? Y a r o n w e i t z m a n. Well, it's definitely a Jewish guy. Yes. Yaron. It's Yaron. It's probably a, a, a Israeli name. Yaron Weitzman. Yaron Weitzman. So. Well, speak, speaking of uh, trades as we have down the stretch here, to end the episode, is there going to be a deal in place? I think we can make a deal. I don't know if it's going to be the exact one we have just detailed. Okay, well, we can figure that out after we end the show. But Yes, but Andrew Wiggins could be on the move in our Dynasty League. I, I would just like to say I'm pleasantly surprised with where I'm sitting in the standings as a team who is actively not trying to win. I am still 7-7. Seven and seven. There you go. <laughs> and I have weeks where I all of a sudden put up close to 400 points and it's just funny to me because <laughs> it shouldn't happen <laughs> exactly. but yeah i think that's it for us unless you have anything to get off your your chest no I, I have nothing to get off my chest at this moment uh just 
Hoping Brooklyn can get healthy. Yep, I feel that. I hope the Sixers can just uh, stop blowing 24-point leads. That'd be nice. But that's it for us. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. If you're watching on YouTube, please drop a like and subscribe below. We will also have all the links to everywhere you get your podcasts. We are on there as well. Please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you get them. We're on there as well, and that helps us out greatly. Thank you, everybody. And hopefully Dennis feels better, and we'll have him on next week. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.